Welcome to podcast 265 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt on this week's pod. I'll be joined by Joe, Dupe and Mad. Before we get the introductions done and dusted though, uh, we've got a save update from Joe to come and we're also talking FM23 wishlist because of course it's that time of year once again where we are anticipating the official quote-unquote announcement that there will be a football manager 23. So, um, gentlemen, hello. Welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. I have a question, my Matt. You do have a question. When's the beta at? Mm. When beta? I feel so funny, by the way. I don't know (laughs) if we're officially allowed to start asking that (laughs) until after it's officially been announced. Once it's officially a thing, assuming that that is still a thing that, like... Well, to be fair, we was only there, what... Month ago, month and a half ago, and there was no one in the office, so there's nothing to say FM23 is coming. <laughs> it's not happening. Exclusive, five star pod exclusive. There'll be no game this year. I, I could show you the video. It was empty. Dave wasn't even there half of it. True. <laughs> he was busy running for trains. Oh, running well, for had, trains. And I, I had so. the runs after we ate what we ate. Oh, yes. Did you mention Moving that? swiftly on. <laughs> Sorry, that's normally your game, Matt. Sorry, mate. I I don't don't normally broadcast it. It, It's before we start recording that I I broadcast my bowel movements for the week, or or lack of. It's my favourite part. We should make it a segment of the pod, to be honest. It's incredible. Yeah. It's going on the new bingo card. Yeah. Too fair. Yeah. (laughs) Matt, if I was you, I would just say... Welcome to podcast. I just do it all over again. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be fine. Everyone no listens fine. to this bit. If you were him, you'd write down bottled water. Oh, the bottled water, just in case. Mm. That's a very inside joke that no one will get to know about. Anyway, Joseph, save update. Villarreal. What is guaning? It's been a while. It has it's been, been a while. A very long while. And I feel like at the moment, when I'm reading Twitter, it's like I've, everyone else has kind of run out of steam with Football Manager, now I'm just ploughing along with it because I didn't play it for so long, so I've kind of, everyone else is, you know, F1 manager and doing everything, and I'm I'm back playing Football Manager and and loving it again, and it, I think I fell out of love, and then I've I've got that love back again, and now I'm fully hooked again, being a complete and utter nerd, writing stuff down, no offence mate. (coughs) (laughs) Um, dope, you had you just <laughs> had your finger. Yeah, no, it's it's nice having you like having you playing as well because me and Joe sit in Discord quite a lot and normally like we just chat nonsense which we do but it's nice to actually talk to football manager with you again and we're both kind of diving into a save. We did my update last week. We've got to do yours now and it's just like we're not we were comparing players the other day. He's back, baby. He is back. Well, I'm I'm in my sixth season with Villarreal, and Network I can't remember the, the last time. Yeah, that's just Dave ruined it last time. Fuck. That's why. That's what killed FM. Yeah. As Dave has a party, killed Dave. football manager for me. You nearly killed the pod, to be honest. I thought that was me. Oh yeah, I'm shit. happy for definitely, definitely happy for it to be definitely, Dave. Definitely you. Yeah, mad. But yes, six seasons in, and <laughs> which is a lot. Which is a lot for me because I'm not the fastest player of the game, but. It feels like I've only been playing it for a few weeks. Um, and technically, I didn't play the first season because I'd started a couple of different saves. I, I kind of wanted to play Football Manager again, started a few saves, and I actually started a Villarreal save, started a West Ham save. Um, 
can't think where else I started. There, there was a couple, and I was like, no, nah, not feeling it, not feeling it. And then I simmed the first season, which is a you know, it's on the bingo card for us. I think it's it's always one if you're stuck for a save, sim the first season, see what you know what falls out of bed. And Villarreal finished tenth, and I thought, do you know what? That's good. No Champions League, no Europa League. Can just go in and see what we can do. So <clears throat> I, I didn't. I've not really got any self-imposed rules other than I kind of wanted to do it like Villarreal, where you pick up some cheap players that are transfer listed, Premier League rejects, and things like that. So that was my kind of idea behind it. Was you know small stadiums, so they're not generating a lot of money, especially when they're out of Europe. Um, so it is about kind of picking up kind of wasted players and trying to regenerate them and, and turn a little bit of profit if you can or make the playing squad better. So in my first season, um, we sold Jeremy Pino to Manchester United. I think he goes there every save. Like if you're not Manchester United or Villarreal, he goes there every time. Um, wonder kid in the game, brilliant player, um, 68 million release calls. Bosh, that's kind of bank balance set there straight away. Um, I would probably say I bought a couple of players in just to kind of steady the ship, but the the key player I bought in was Oscar from Sevilla, um, not the Chelsea Oscar, the Spanish Oscar. Um, 10.5 million. Um, just bought him in. He's fantastic, like passing long shots, free kicks. Like he he's the a one-trick pony um, in central midfield, and for that money, absolute bargain. Um so he he was a he was brilliant. Um, finished fifth in the first season, which I you know tenth to fifth, not a bad first season really. Get some European football. Um, I'll try and rattle through this a little bit quickly because I'm going to try and cover all these seasons in one one save update. Um, sold Wan Foyth to Barcelona for 37 million. So that was my big transfer of that window. Um, again, just generates a bit more money for the club, um, and we can try and kind of boost that playing staff again. Um, and yes, yeah, season three, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I said about my Italian goalkeeper, the new gen that my scouts had found. He was at Oxair. Um, he was five-star rated by the scouts. Um, looked at him, he was dubbed the next Gigi Buffon. And I'm kind of Ooh. going, hang on a minute. It feels like a long time since I've had a good new gen goalkeeper. It turns out in this save, there's fucking loads of them. But I, I picked him up for five million. And I thought, Do you know what? If he's if he can unlock some of that potential, five million isn't bad money for a goalkeeper. So I I loaned him back to Oxair for that first season, but he was kind of in my mind that really was kind of mid well uh, thirty three I think he was something like that. So I'm kind of going right two three years he could replace Ruley as the number one if I get his development right. So I thought I'll put him a season. At, Oxair, see how he gets on, and he was like player of the year for them um, in that season. And I was like, this kid, he's got to be it. You know, you're playing, you're playing first team football at 17. This is he's going to be one of those new gens that's going to be absolutely stunning. Um, <clears throat> I finished fifth in the third season again, so it was kind of business as usual. Um, obviously, Real Madrid, Barcelona, so dominant. Even with Barcelona's money troubles, they're still, you know, they're still ripping it up as are Real Madrid. Um, I think it was. Betis and Atletico Madrid who are finishing ahead of us. And I've kind of, although you shouldn't like Betis as a Villarreal fan, it's kind of, 
I've all, I always look at Betis. I think, it, again, it goes back to the Raz thing. He was always a bit of a Betis lover. So I've, I've always got, you know, and uh, Pellegrini's there at the moment as well. So it makes it even more, like, I like looking out for their results and stuff. So um, for them to finish ahead of me was a bit of a kick in the teeth there. Um, <clears throat> but going out that, that season was Dan Juma. Uh, Matt, you'll remember him from Bournemouth if he was there with you. Mm. Yep, um, so obviously it's good to make a profit on. Although he's had a massive upgrade, yeah, since. well, mate, beast. But again, he's another one of them knobs that you know wants to argue about getting a contract. I'm like, we're not playing Champions League football yet, mate. Don't come to mm. me asking for a fucking new contract. It ain't gonna happen. And when they kick off and start bringing people into meetings, going, oh, we think it's unfair that he's not getting a contract. See you later, mate. Not interested in you making waves in in the football club. So got rid of him to Ajax for forty four and a half million. So that was me, my big transfer out that season. And then there's his striker, um, Slovenian guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, um, Sesko. Sesko. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Third, the end of the third season, and, and he was there. He was still, he was still there at Salzburg. Um, 14.25 million pounds I bought him in for. And <clears throat> originally, I was thinking, do you know what? I might just get rid of Gerard Moreno because I don't know what it is. And this might be completely wrong and it might just be my style, but left-footed strikers don't seem to do it for me. Matt's like Gerard Moreno, in my, uh, my Atletico save, uh, he, he left Villarreal to go to Real Madrid of all teams. He, he's, he, I think he came either second or third top goal scorer in La Liga for two seasons whilst there and they're trying to convince him to stay on uh, like reconsider his retirement because he's now 36 I think in game so he, he just seems to go on and on and on in in my save I don't know if you're getting the same in yours uh, I am yeah he's uh, I, I sold him to Inter Milan basically that, that's, that's we're jumping forward a little bit but sold him to Inter Milan um, purely because I had Seska and I was like Do you know what Sesco is going to be an absolute beast. He's going to develop well by getting games. I don't really want him playing as a number two. So I thought we'll get rid of Moreno. Again, he was a bit of a leader at the club um, and again, kept coming asking for contracts, asking for contracts. And my favourite reply when you're being a bit of a penny pincher is just to say, even if I could, even if I'd love to, the club can't afford it at the moment. And they go, okay, no worries. You know, and that, and that works like two or three times. <clears throat> but he's at Inter Milan. And he's on about 200 grand a week, where he's on about 65, 70 for me. So he made, um, he's done he, good. He's made a lot, he's, he's made a lot of money leaving, obviously going abroad, but as I say, getting on, but he still scores goals. And he was my top scorer, to be fair. Just wasn't that prolific front man that I kind of, I wanted that man. Like I, I wanted a poacher, basically. And, you know, someone like Sesco with his, you know, in the air. With the ball at his feet, he's he's you know a beast. So I didn't, I kind of didn't want to sign him because mm. it's been that thing all through FM, isn't it? Sign Sesco, signed Luca, you know, and they're the, they're the kind of players that you want to be buying. Um, and I thought, no, fuck it, fourteen million. I can't not do it. It's it's that price that you have to go in and just get one of these players. And it was you know money well spent because the next season we finished first. Um, actually won, won La Liga and it's the first time I've won a league in God knows how like network save that's probably the last time that I, I won a league and obviously you know 
the opponent handicapped as well though to be fair. Uh, well that's what I was going to say it was <laughs> you know the AR a lot better than my uh, real life managers so. oh that's harsh it was uh, it, it was a good achievement no to be fair absolutely f- smashed it um, like putting Sesco in there he's just a goal scoring machine and then I've got two two wide players um, Alberto Moliero and Rooney Bargi mate honestly like the best two wide players that I've had for ages both like early 20s but absolute monsters probably paid 20 million for the pair of them and they're easily going to go for like 75 80 million each when Real Madrid come knocking no doubt um and kind of in my um midfield I've got um an Icelandic kid and I'm I think his name's Johansson Isaac Johansson Isaac yeah. yeah yeah like a sister monster he's so good I'm playing him in Mazala support most of the time sometimes attack depending on who I'm playing um, and he plays with a box to box midfielder next to him in Manny Morales who's been at Villarreal since he was a kid so I've still got a bit of kind of culture in that midfield and a bit of um, Villarreal history in there um, but yeah that was the end of season four what about um, Ch- Chiquese is that how you, his name is he still there I don't know if he's as good as FM as he has been in real life. I know he was injured as well at IRL for a while. Absolute beast in football manager, mate. And is he? Literally, you've just segued straight into this transfer window at the end of this season because that's, that's Real Madrid do. bought him for sixty-four million. Oh, okay, oh, so he's good. <laughs> so yeah, so they, you know, Vinicius Junior and Chuck Wazy as their wide players. Because he's, I don't know, I, I can't remember, like it's a while since I looked at him. I'd say he's quite at the high spectrum in pace acceleration now. Yeah, yeah oh, mate, um, he's, he's got the attributes in FM. That you want again? I struggle. With, I struggle with left footers. I don't know why, but he's he's output. He was like always really really good, like game changer. But I just feel like when you're playing in such an attacking, I it's difficult to explain. Like when I'm watching it in the match engine, and he's playing as like an um, inside forward, inverted winger, you kind of expected him to be Aaron Robin, like just cutting in, cutting mm. in, cutting in all the time. They've got the player traits for cutting in. But they get to the byline and they just do this thing where like they do a one eighty turn. Yeah. Like they're they're running running away and they just stop, turn around, and then you're like, no, just literally just hit it with your weaker foot across like if you're at the byline, just whip it across. And it just frustrates the freaking life out of me. I, I have you, a very you play them on the left hand side. You play them on the left hand side and they'll score because they'll just shoot across the goal every time. Mm. And I'm like, that's not how it should work. And it just that that frustrates me and I don't know if it's something that I'm doing or it's just a characteristic of the game, but that kind of is is what it is. As you've described it, Joe, I picked out like the guy who there was a Nugent I had in the Northern Boys and it was the same thing. Left footer playing him on the right. And like you want him to cut inside, but he was doing it too late. Like it was on the byline where he's suddenly trying to decide to go in. I, I just wonder is it like should it be trying to push an action sooner? I, I, there's not much you can do really in the player instructions or anything to to force it but I, I, I noticed exactly what you're saying that he's getting all the way to the byline and then he's kind of having a wobble or a hesitation see, see, for the left hand side where I'm playing the right footer I have tried this on the left hand side and it doesn't work as effectively because I, I set them to sit narrower mm. and I swear he, it like uh, Moliero seems to just get so many more kind of assists and goals like he's just involved in it so much more um, and I don't tend to see that kind of get to the byline, do a complete swivel and play mm. the ball back from where he's come from. So I don't know. That might just be, it could just be one of them things, right-sided kind of left players cutting inside. 
not sure. It's, it's something to hold play around. I mean, I haven't haven't suffered with it so much that it's causing me to lose games or not be effective in games because we are absolutely smashing it at the moment. And at the end of that season, obviously Chuck Wazy was the big signing, but also sold Gerard Moreno forty million to Inter and Oscar, not the Chelsea one that I bought from Sevilla. Um, he went to Chelsea for twenty nine and a half million, um, which left me with an unbelievable amount of money to try and kind of build the squad. Um, but obviously, I'm only you know certain positions. If the right players available, I don't I don't overspend. I don't try and kind of just buy players for the sake of it. But there's a young um, Ukrainian centre half, um, Zabarini. I don't know if you've seen him. Another kind of 21, 22 year old mm-hmm. from Dynamo Kiev. Um, he was 48 million, and that was like a massive signing for me to bring him in. So that made my centre halves like some of the best in the league. So that was my bit. I was like, right, scored loads of goals, going to try not to concede now. So um, a big investment in a centre half. The bring it back a little bit. Is it Isaac Bergman Johansson? You, you yes. said that who's been the the midfield like maestro. Give me one second, I'll tell you because I told Duke to buy him last night. <clears throat> I'm fairly sure it is. I'll just scroll up. He's it is as well. Uh, Isaac Johansson. That's all I've got on the screenshot. Because oh, I've got like, my his. Uh, I don't know if it's his full name, whether it's even the same player. But I inherited him at Atletico. His attributes aren't like outstanding anywhere but he, he they he just clicks. he's just he's just good yeah he, he everywhere i've played him i i actually play him as like a an emergency left back because he's he's left i'm sure it's the same one joe you've just put the screenshot in i'm sure yeah. it's the same guy well i've Excellent. funny enough saying about that obviously he does play a lot of positions and this season i've actually changed him from being my mazala to my box-to-box midfielder because of his versatility mm-hmm. i had the option of getting another two players in and i was like He's really good, but these two players are going to be like next level. And I was like, yeah. <clears throat> I was trying to find a box to box midfielder, and like there's just nothing available unless you're going to go in like Mariba money of like 100 plus. And I was like, well, if I moved him across, that kind of he's better than a lot of players that could play in that position. So I kind of I've, I've used him now in a different position rather than buying a player, which has then freed up his position that I can go and buy another player. So yeah. He's a cracking, cracking player. It sounds like you're using him similarly to how I I tend to use him. I, I've bit, he's worth at the, like between thirty five and forty two according to the game, like, and I'm in twenty twenty eight. But I'm I wouldn't sell him. Like his wage is pretty low in comparison to the rest of the squad. He's happy with the game time he gets. He doesn't kick up a fuss. But everywhere he plays, he's at least getting a seven in every game like you those sorts of players are kind of like gold dust I feel and because he's so versatile he just he's the perfect person to have on the bench as a sub interesting fact as well because you know I love my nationalities and bending the rules his father is Joey Goodjohnson who played in for Burnley no Joey Goodjohnson and he was born in the UK Your, your Isaac was Really? Is Sutton he that Caulfield. young? Will you, if you, will you check it there um, if, if that's his place of birth, Joe, if you have FM opened? It says I, Sutton I Caulfield, I've got it open. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one, man. yeah. There you go. He's a bit like Haaland. <laughs> They're both eligible to play for England. Get him in. Um, Gareth, get him in. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I found he's um, particularly good. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, Joe, was that obviously you are well-famed, at least on this pod, for how you sort of always have a backup plan ready for if someone gets sold. How have you found 
sort of selling bigger players and then bringing the next load in without have, like, have you had much of a plan or is it just a case of you have to to jump in the market sort of once a player goes it's been because of the money that I'm playing with and we've we've got good money and I could probably or I haven't financed the deal I haven't put anything over installments I've literally every player I've bought is I've bought outright so there's no debt in the club so the money in the bank is the money in the bank and because of the way that I'm trying to again self-imposed kind of rules to just try and spend what you've got and I'd probably say I've always had I've always got someone in mind for for the position if someone was to be sold but I got to the, the, the obviously the the fifth season um that I'll talk about in a minute and I was getting that feeling I was like there's not replacements out here like when I was looking for a box-to-box midfield I couldn't find anyone wanted a left back couldn't find anyone and it was just one of those where I was like uh, is this going to be one of them saves where now this this team is dead because I can't I can't invest where I need to invest because there's just not the player there. Um, but it, it hasn't happened so far. But you know I've got my my notepad that I pretty much just jot down. I've, obviously I use shortlists in the game etc. So I keep the scout in there and obviously get reminded if players are get, you know getting poached by somebody else. But pretty much I just you know if I quickly just turn through my my notebook here I have on my left hand side I have like targets replacement so for this season I was like right I need um, a right sided forward um, as a backup to Rooney Bargy um, and I've got forward replacement for Sesco because I was sure that he was going to be signed because he only had an 88 million pound release clause um, a left back which is still left blank even though I have actually signed someone um, and literally, if I just go back, it's like transfer targets for the season before, box-to-box midfielder, deep-line playmaker, the year before. I haven't actually written anybody down. But it's, um, obviously, as the season I'm coming into now, one of the things it says here is backup for Danny Pereira because he was somebody that, attributes-wise, absolutely stunning. You know, you look at him, he is, if you use the default kind of attribute colours, he's, you know, green's all the way in all of his attributes and it's kind of like he was such a good player leader in the dressing room like he had everything that I wanted as someone as just a holding midfield I wasn't expecting him to run anywhere but corners set pieces you know everything like that absolutely solid and then he just got to the point where I was like mm, don't think he's got the legs to be kind of up there when you're going to do Champions League I just didn't it was he's 36 37 maybe and I was like that's that's too old for me you know time time to go old man and I, and I sold him I actually sold him to Shakhtar <laughs> where he's where he's still playing because I've just played him in a Champions League game you're saying the players isn't there is that is it a money thing because you don't want to spend or is it that reputation that might just be dragging you down a little bit I know you're a bit of a stipulate you know you, you like to keep the money but you like to find those bargains but I found that sometimes that reputation is a real killer this year I don't I don't think it's that at all because I don't often search with interested in coming to me. Like I'll just, you know, go out there and it's every scouting report or you know, when it, when you're going to scout competitions, I'm looking for potential ability, you know, minimum standard as good to get the reports back. In my inbox, it's C plus players or higher that get recommended to me. So I've kind of I've got everything open and looking constantly. And if it was if it's the money, which as I said with Zabarini, if you've if that's what you need to spend to get the player, 
you know, I'm, I could have him for another 10 seasons easily and probably still make money on him. So that's not the issue so much as I think when you get to that fifth season, all the players that you know are kind of towards the end on massive wages, massive money. And then the new gens are just still not quite there or the ones that come in early have all been snapped up by the big clubs and you've got no chance of getting them. So you're just on that that kind of seesaw of things beginning and things ending. So it was that that, that was all I had. Um, but the end of that season five, I finished second, and it was a gnat's cock of a finish <laughs> to the season as well. So uh, penultimate game of the season was against Real Madrid. I was two points behind them. Um, and so obviously, you know, get a win and then finish the last league game of the season. I could have won that, but FM being FM, Real Madrid done me free one at the end. So went into the last game as an absolute dead rubber. But second position, I think I got knocked out the quarterfinals of the Champions League by Chelsea. So <clears throat> again, money wise, not not a problem. Competition wise, absolutely flying. Um, had a bit of a clear out again. Um, Caligari, the right back, went to Leverkusen for his release calls, forty million. Um, Bulidia went to Monaco for 33 million. Uh, Jorge Cuenca went to Chelsea for 22 million. So there was a few players again, like you're talking 100 million, but like it was worth of transfers going. And I replaced them. I've, I've got a couple of Danny Pareo replacements, as I call them. Um, one of them, I can't remember what his first name is, Luis. He's what he's a little Portuguese guy, and then Guillermo Santos, I think he was from Sporto, another Portuguese. So I've got kind of two Portuguese players currently 21, 22, just seeing who develops into that kind of Pareo seat. Now he's gone. I'm, I've kind of played Luis a lot. He's probably had a season and a half where Santos only bought in um, kind of middle part of last year. When Santos has played, he's one of those players that. I play him and then I see him do things like he scores bangers and stuff. And like, he's, he's one of them kind of showcase players. So I'm kind of thinking, well, I might play him a bit more because he's, he's just a little bit more flair about him. You you see him do more, but actually that Pareo position was like picking the ball up from the center halves and then starting the play. You know, I always set them to dictate the tempo. Um, They'll play the ball wide. So it's kind of going to the attacking players and it's, that's how I like them to kind of build up, but Santos just seems to make these like runs towards the edge of the box and then just give it a fucking Stephen Reed thunder busted. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally because it oh pew. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was a second uh, finish. Second then, um, I've sold Ruley and Oriental, Orientali, whatever you want to call him, is now my number one. So the Italian wonder kid goalkeeper has taken the number one jersey. Um, so he's he's now freaking incredible. I mean, he's um, he won the Golden Boy. He's, he's won so many things for just being a goalkeeper. In the next-gen list, he was number one. You know, so he's... I'm, I'm like, really glad. I'm like, ah, oh, paid five million for him. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, obviously, I've got a load of Brazilians coming through because, you know... <laughs> It's just what I do, um, and again, I'm Marcus. My manager is Marcus Senna, so it's I've got oh, that yeah. Brazilian Brazilian vibe Senna. going on still. Um, Have you been I, done by the non-EU thing yet? Because that's no. quite famous, the Penaranda situation. Yeah, I mean, well, yes and no. I ha- I've not been done, but I have been done. 
because I've signed them. Like I, I right at the, uh, I think the first season I took out, oh, oh, is it, um, is it Kuna from Atletico Madrid? Uh, I signed him I and I didn't so, have a space, yeah. so I had to loan him out. And um, no, it wasn't him. Sorry, big. I was gonna sign him and I didn't sign him for that reason. Paulinho, who's at Leverkusen. Mm. Oh, the uh, the old wonder kid. <clears throat> yeah, I signed him because he was uh, his contract expired. Not you know, I'm going through going. Yep, that'll make me some money. That'll make me some money. And then when he actually came in, I didn't have a slot for him, so he had to go out on loan. I think he done two seasons out on loan, and I sold him for about fifteen million. He's left mid now, right? He's gone deeper. He is, yeah. yeah. He plays off the left hand side. Um, but no, with the <clears throat> actually coming into registration this time, I was I'm very mindful. Bring them in. So I've got, I've actually got probably a mix of Argentinian and Brazilian youngsters, and I'm very careful with what I'm doing. Bringing them in, and I'll get them in, put them in the the C team or the under 19s if I can. Um, depending on their age, I'll literally set the director of football development list, set them to go out on loan. I'll pay their wages, but they have to go to a Spanish club. But you have to be so careful because it's FM, and even though you say send them to a Spanish club you'll still get fucking foreign clubs bidding for them and they accept it anyway. So you have to <laughs> remember to go and check. Mm. No, these Brazilian um, kids that I've got, they will, they're accepting loans from Brazilian clubs. I'm like, no, that doesn't work. Get them at a Spanish club, get their two years out of the way. They'll take the, nas- like the Spanish national, um, <clears throat> obviously waiting for their paperwork, etc., to come through. So once they're kind of nationalised in Spain for two years, problem solved. But I had, I've got a centre mid, Ivan Oliveri, and he'd done 760 days. And it just says that awaiting paperwork. And I was like, surely that will come through before, you know, before the transfer deadline day. And then I can <laughs> sign this, this Brazilian midfielder that I've got here. It's going to be one of you. It's going to be one of you. And nothing's come yet. So I moved him to the C team. And I don't know if it's a bug or not, but I can play him in the C team. Um, so even though he's not nationalised, because he's in the C team, I can play him in the first team. So it like bypasses the registration. <laughs> oh, oh, game okay. breaker. <laughs> Hacks. Potentially. Potentially. It, it could be something to do with that he's signing for another team because you can play six B and C team players in your first team. So it could be that they're registered for, because they're registered for another club that it allows you to do it. So even though he's passed the time, it's like I'm like mm, they should have had his paperwork, you know. I mean, this is not imagine Brexit. my shock. <laughs> Spain, Spain, and their collective dodgy transfer yeah. shenanigans. If only we knew a guy in SI who knows about rule groups and, <laughs> yeah. and the like, Anthony. Um, Joe, I was going to ask you. Like, I'm sure we have a lot of people listening now who who have probably reached that stage of like falling out of love with FM a little bit by now, or you know haven't done a save, haven't touched it for a while. Was there anything that triggered you to go back at it? Because you, you know how sometimes you might read something or something kind of goes, just gives you that kick, that nudge to go back at it. No, that means so. <laughs> I was expecting something like, to be honest, you're, you're welcome, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I think that I've never not loved Football Manager. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even remember when I started this, but it would be around the time that we went to SI. So okay, yeah. whether it was the, oh, we're going there, and that kind of made me go, do you know what? I've got ideas for this, da 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 And it was, you know, hadn't been on a pod for a while, hadn't played football manager. Maybe maybe it was that. But I was kind of like, do you know what? Because I, 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 it weren't that I don't love the game. It's not that I don't love everything that goes on kind of in the community, um, you know, you guys. It just 
it wasn't I weren't I wasn't feeling the love. Mm. Whether I played it too much, who knew? But I had a little while out, and I'm absolutely loving it at the moment. Do you think it helped as well? You had a, a very good Villarreal save in the past as well, so is part does part of it kind of bring a little bit of the fond memories as well? Because sometimes that's a good way of getting back into FM is you know something that you're a little bit connected with. You, I, I normally say that the easiest way to get back in is play with a club that you support because mm. it's your you've there's a connection there already. But I can't really play with West Ham on Football Manager because they're just gash. You know, <laughs> if you looked at the West Ham squad in Football Manager and compared them to what they done last season in the Premier League, it, it's like Leicester winning the league. Like it, it was ridiculous because they're. They're just bang average, to be honest. And you can obviously build a squad fairly quickly, but then it's it's not West Ham. It's just another team in the Premier League with the normal signings that you can go out. Yeah. You know, everyone knows you, you can go out and buy. If you're Premier League, you can go out and you could pretty much name an 11, like Livakovic in goal, Dodo as a right back, you know, um, Italian centre-halves. There, there's so many players, you know, Sesco, Luca that you can go and buy to play up front. Mm. Um, who's your guy? Who was at Fiorentina, do? Milenkovic. Uh, Milenkovic. No, yeah, him as a centre half. Uh, Castrovilli in the centre mid. Yeah. But there's so many players you can go out and just buy and build a team within like two seasons and you know, be up there. So I, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't feel that. I did try. And I, I actually signed Skamaka before West Ham signed Skamaka. Um, but yeah, wasn't feeling it. And Villarreal, I love it. I love managing in Spain purely because of that two year rule. It's very easy. You, you can buy anybody. And you can build a squad for the future by playing, like you know, sending them out on loan. Like I've got an attacking mid um, called Junior, and he's been out on loan for a couple of seasons. But he's like he's ripping it up in La Liga on loan, and it's like you see this in real life where there'll be players out on loan in the same league as their parent club doing the business, and like you see that. So when you're watching, you know, the scores come in, you see your players just cropping up and actually playing really well. And I'm like, this is brilliant because like in a season or two seasons. I've got this guy that's going to come into my first team and he's going to absolutely do bits for me. But one thing that I have been doing as well, which is different, and I don't, I haven't done this a lot, is um, with the mentoring. And I, I wanted to say it because it's something that I've kind of, the old mentoring, I can't remember what they used to call it. You tutoring, used to be, yeah. at, it was, tu- yeah, tutoring. You used to be a cheat, mm. didn't you, basically? Um, if you wanted a driven player, you got them mentored by or tutored by another driven player. And that was kind of how it worked. But with this mentoring now, and I think I'd done it because of the goalkeeper. Like I really wanted him to be the best he could be. And I've started kind of going, you know, you have two players for every position. So that leaves you three spare players, basically. So what I've been doing is buying old players that are out of contract or getting towards the end of it that have got like high leadership, high, you know, good personality and things like that. And I've been making mentoring groups because I've got a lot of young players. Like my squad at the moment, the average age without the old boys is 21.56. You know, as an average age, that's that's very young. And even with the three old boys, like I've just signed Ped, Pedro. That's that's the ex-Barcelona Chelsea guy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 39 I've signed him for, but he's a model citizen. You know, and I've, so I've got him in the mentoring group. Um, I've, and I... I've done it with um, the goalkeeper, uh, Lucas uh, Hridecki. Oh, yeah, yeah. Signed him yeah. because he had good personality, like, again, old. And I've, I've put him in a mentoring group with the, the young goalkeepers. And I, I'm seeing so many, like, positive personality traits with these players. 
And it's something that I've obviously with the tutoring, it was always something like you'd get everybody tutored with a driven player or whatever to make their personality type so that they would get the best development. Whereas now with the mentoring groups, it's just making a massive difference by just getting some really experienced guys in. Just those three free slots, you know, whether you can get goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, or a striker, midfielder, and a defender, whatever, just get them in and just put them in there in the units and, and see the young players have a significant kind of benefit to what they're doing. Is this why Tom Huddleston managed to end up at Man United recently? Because I think I saw I a clip know. today. He, he played. Random. Played for under 23s last week. Man, that bloke's got a wand of a pass. <laughs> and a massive cock. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't own you. <laughs> On that note, uh, <laughs> we will... That was, that was a girthy update, eh? Yeah, well, oh, we love, I love hearing Joe's updates. Do you know the best thing about that update, Joe? means we ain't got to do a fucking quiz. Let's go. <laughs> Chief. No, thank you for that, Joe. That is, uh, I mean, considering how much you had to update, that was actually pretty quick. So uh, well done for a clear and concise way of cataloguing six seasons worth of Villarreal progress. It's FM23 wishlist time. Hooray, etc. Um, so we've got, well, who knows how long it's going to be until the FM23 beta is released, but it's that time of year where we get to say what we would like or we would hope will be in the next edition of Football Manager. So um, we tasked ourselves with sort of looking at what we don't like about FM or what we think might be able to be improved in its current state or some entirely new features. And we're each going to suggest some of them um, with the time we've got left this week. Uh Mr. Madden, you can start us off. I was just going to say, did we all task ourselves? Like, did we all actually do a bit of work here? Or just... Yeah. Oh, yes. So some to be people fair, may have been... He'd he done something. <laughs> he, did. he hasn't turned up without his homework, has he? He's done and, that, yeah. And I've actually... Crowdsourced. Oh, you can't see it. It's just disappeared. i got a little spreadsheet as well. Imagine dupe and cheating. Shock. <clears throat> Horror. Never Don't tell the missus, mate. <laughs> She ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> it's not like she's sat uh, behind me. Anyway, um, you can start us off if you, uh, I mean, I'm telling you you're starting, so go. I'm starting. Okay. Um, I have two at the top of my list and it's probably, um, I'm going to combine them because they're, they're kind of quite linked. And I, I reckon it's probably off the back of the saves I've done over the last few seasons, especially this year. So my kind of combined two are, I'd love to have more control over like the club culture and philosophy, particularly like the ability to to negotiate it more. I feel like that's green. You know, when you get your um, the vision at the beginning of each season, I don't know if it's just me, but it just tells you what it is. There's, I think sometimes the negotiating button appears, doesn't really give you the opportunity to do much. You can sort of influence some of the targets, but I'd be more like lo- liking to influence and even change the kind of club culture or philosophy to go a particular direction. I know you I'm, could say do managers of, do that, but I'd like the idea yeah. that those discussions take place. Well, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I think it is, but I think it's something you should earn. Like if you've been there yeah. five or six years, you yeah. should earn the right to have right. your philosophy. Yeah. Um, and mixed with that then, I feel, I think recruitment meetings are a feature from this year, right? Or last year. I think it's this year. Um, they're definitely in there this year. Yeah. yeah, they definitely are. Um, <laughs> every month. <laughs> um, I feel like they do get a bit stale, but also if you're doing a type of save where you are kind of 
operating under some kind of either restrictions or focus. Um, I find that, you know, while it's, they probably work well when you're like, I, I want to find a striker. I want to find a particular role. Obviously the role is like a deep line forward or whatever um, and bringing attributes and everything. I would just like a bit more flexibility and options to kind of tailor it beyond the role and position. I don't know, nationalities, personalities. Um, because again, this won't, this will only apply to a small segment of the FM playing population um, who play the way I do. But I just feel like for me after, you know, in, in particular that save and probably in a lot of saves, they become redundant or stale after, after a long-term save. So that they're kind of my two combined. Can I add a little bit onto that one, Matt? Mm. I want to stretch that one a little bit wider and say the same, but for the director of football too. Because Fair, the, yeah. when I was in Italy doing the network, say we reference it a lot. You go to the director of football and you say, hi there, mate, I want you to come up with a striker for me. And he gives you four options, uh, three options. And they're all non-EU players. And I've got no non-EU. No spaces. good for you. Yeah. yeah. It just seems that a little bit of common sense would be, uh, would be kind of helpful. Amen. I had kind of two points with that, very similar with the director of football. Um, one is if you haven't seen Arsenal all, all or nothing, I think I could be Edu. <laughs> because as a director of football, like, mate, his office, he's got it all on his little whiteboard. He's got the squad depth. He's got everything there. And he loves signing Brazilians. So it's like, that's my perfect job there. Um, but secondly, it is the, for the director of football to kind of align his recommendations with your management style over time. Like mm. you should grow, they should grow together um, because really like a technical director, um, sporting director, director of football, whatever you want to call them. The whole point of them is that the, the culture of the club is what they're signing recommended players for, not necessarily the manager. But if you look at someone like Pep, for instance, like um, Bergerstein will know exactly the kind of player that Pep will want. So he doesn't need, like, they go, that's my style, that's my philosophy, this is the, the type of player I want, this is who we're going to sign for you. Yeah. Rather than it being, this is the culture of the club that we're just going to go out and buy the most expensive players. And that's, at the moment, I think the director of football, it's, it's a role that needs work on. You see lots of director of football challenges, and I don't think they ever do what you want them to do. Can we also let them, the director of football, sit down with the accounts team? So they know how much money's in the bank. So when you've got a six million transfer budget, they're not going to recommend you 106 million pounds worth a player. Because that's also very frustrating. Here's what you could have won, lads. Huh. Well, I think that they say that. So I think this is quite nicely, nice, nicely wrapped up because that, that's sort of one of my things is being able to have the option to request a player in a particular set budget rather than it being like set so that it will only be. Like when you go when you go to the scouting screen, for example, you can go for your short term focus. Um, if I'm expecting if if it's a short term focus, usually it's like I want this player now um, because either a player is like kicking off or I've, there's a long term injury and I need to replace them, whether it be on loan or what have you. But having that sort of a bit, having the option to have that more dynamically linked to your transfer budget, or as you've said, dupe about like EU spots that are available if if that's the country or likelihood of getting a work permit if you're, you're in a, in the UK, what, whatever like the, the stipulations are, but having them a bit more dynamic to your situation rather than just sort of, this is the player profile and that's it would be, it would be lovely because I, 
when you if you've got like for your general scouting, it's great that you get all of these suggestions that are A's, but they're like 120 million pound worth players each and every time that you know you can't afford. Whereas if you are explicitly saying I need this player now, but we have only got this to spend, see what you can get me, sort of thing, would be nice. We got. Has anyone else got anything to do with staff, or should we wrap staff up? Because I've got a couple more. I've got. I've my other main thing is to do with staff. But if you do yours first, Joe, and I'll well, mine, add in. mine was just loan manager and technical manager, very much like the director of football, that they kind of align themselves with your philosophies. But the loan manager specifically, because you get this player should get sent out of loan to help their development, but there should be more about, I think I should send him to Leicester because they play with a number 10 or, you know, they play with attacking fullback, so he would fit in there. So just kind of the recommendations rather than a loan manager, I think he should go out on loan. No shit, Sherlock. You know, that's that's kind of... <laughs> It, it would just be nice. Yeah. We're saying a wish list. It's like these, it's these little bits that can just make that immersion that little bit better. The incremental improvements. Yeah. yeah. And the, t- yeah. the technical manager side of it, just again, to task the technical manager to actually give them a job to say, you know, it's yes, they can be responsible for signing the staff, but actually I want them to go out and sign, you know, this personality type or, or playing. They are, they're used to being coaching in this formation and things like that. So, actually giving them you know a search criteria i suppose to go out and build a team rather than just sign it you know one of the first things i think we we probably all do and most players will do if you're looking at staff is try and go out there and you know get those staff bars as high as you can um as quick as you can just to fill fill the space and i don't think technical managers do that if you're giving them kind of the, the free reign to go and get your staff members in i think the loan manager one as well what you're proposing might also solve that constant barrage of, oh, you know, they've signed this guy on loan and they're not playing him in his proper position or they're not playing him at all. It would be, you'd like to think that in addition to, That's you know... That's their oh, fucking job. Yeah, in addition to, like, the loan manager saying, oh, I think we should send him to Leicester. Also because they could need they need a player in that position or something like that. So the, the, the club loaning him actually will use him and save you the hassle. See, my comments to do with staff management were... A slightly different and it's more to do with actually like assigning them and to a certain extent recruiting them uh, I've for for years now I've always felt that it's kind of been quite difficult for the staff recruitment like you've got the list of how many slots you've got but you, when you ho- you have to hover over to see what those what that staff member is in terms of like it would be nice to have a it's like this is what you're missing sort of thing when it comes to actually recruiting them but my main issue really is staff management and when it comes to like coaching the the te- the, the coaching team for your under 23s and under 19s or under 18s whatever it is for the the youth team they're all segregated into their own individual parts so to actually get to the coaching team for the under 23s you have to go to under 23s then go to training and then to coaches whereas Surely I should be able to just manage staff from this one into like one panel, which would be so much easier. Especially mm. as under twenty threes coaches are available for the first team. Um and they do you know they aid with the first team coaching. I just feel like that it's a bit too fragmented, basically. Um so it'd be nice to have quality that of life tidied up. Absolutely. You say it's a quality of life thing and it's a reduction of clicks, mm. really. But being able to see all of my staff in one spot would be would be nice. I know you can, but to not to the same extent. 
sidestep on that. And I'm talking about less clicks. I'm going to just go on to my next point, if you don't mind. Taskbar. Now, taskbars are a big one for me. I like to go site, uh, icons only. However, if you do get sacked or you go unemployed or for whatever reason, the taskbar still doesn't work. So I'd like that to be fixed. But what I'd like to be able to do is to be able to... There's so much space on that taskbar. We should be able to put our own things on that taskbar. So, for example, uh, you can hit squads. But I'd like, you know, I'd maybe have an, uh, be able to add squad depth so you can just go on and click that on, the, on your taskbar, for example. Um, I think that could be quite an easy little... So you've just got like a whole bookmark on the left-hand side that you can just use. I'd also like the ability to move it as well, just because just because you can. Because I like to be different, right? But like if you could have some... Or instead of having to click into tactics and then go into set pieces takers you could have that in a lone little subfolder on there could just save a click or two didn't um i don't have fm open now because yeah, i don't know why i don't have it open i thought i saw a tweet i think it was maybe fm stag that can you right click on those icons and you it can right click on them yeah, yeah okay yeah but, but i, the never, right I didn't really the same I as a left click though, right that is it still a gives you point clicking on with, with your left still gives you the taskbar on the top if you do the if you right click, it will just give you that taskbar that was on the top in yeah, a little drop okay. down. But I mean, you could still have, especially the know, screens underneath. you visit frequently, as you said. Yeah, yeah. for for example, yeah. under tactics, you could have set piece takers or set pieces underneath opposition's instructions. Wait, there is, underneath, there is a slight solution to this problem: uh, keyboard shortcuts. I know it's not Work. the same, but like it's a halfway house if it's not yeah, implemented. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. Segway. I was going to say, no, the shortcuts. Yeah. I've got one for hotkeys for the camera when you're actually watching the game. Because obviously you can go and drop down, change camera. If you play with director, how often does it actually change? But if you had like a hotkey, you know, on my keyboard, I've got five buttons here that I don't ever use. You could just have bing and it just changes the camera angle. Because I, I do like in pre-season, I know Duke uses 2D still, but I will use like vertical scrolling or I'll use, you know, I'll use different camera angles, but it is nice sometimes to just kind of you watch when you're watching a game just to change the view. And I think sometimes flick, yeah. you just stick to it because you can't be asked to go and click it. I like that. Well, that's cool. I do. I think that's that's such an easy thing as well. That seems very nice. No, that's uh, that's uh, a good positive one um, from your social media scrape. We'll call it dupe. Is there any anything else that you sort of that caught your eye from the the masses, we'll call them. Yeah, I'm going to pretend that some of these are off social media in case they're rubbish and then they're actually mine. If they're really <laughs> good, they're mine. Okay. Um, so one that got raised was the uh, the next gen list. You should be able to just hit a shortlist button or see them in a different, you know, you'd be able to put them into a shortlist and, and, and track those new gens. Um, and you can kind of keep that squad of 20, you know, that squad of 50 players or so that list of 50 players going through. Yeah, I mean, you don't watch Sky Sports News and then go, can you scout all them players, dear? Mm, I'm not a proper scout, mm. though. But, I mean, no, do you know what I mean, though? It's, I it's still think it's, a, it's a news one, it's like a, Yeah, but it's a news item, isn't it, that you're getting? It's not a, It's not your scouts going, this is, these are the players. It's kind of, it's a news article, so you wouldn't, I can, I can't, I get it, because you might go in and look at everyone and scout everyone, but I think having that scout all players thing is too much of a, an easy guide. If you know what I mean, it's like make oh yeah, just just go and look at all these for me. You wouldn't yeah. be watching Sky Sports News and just do it, would you? 
Yeah, that's definitely not my list. That was Jimmy Bob sixty two. So you can you can screw it, right? Um, <laughs> He's got num- numbers in his. Yeah. <laughs> um, one that I one that I did see on your your Twitter list, which I had written down, yeah, was Wibble Wobble, and I'm not talking about Mister Tumble. Um, one thing is to uh, just be able to see your tactic with ball without ball. You know, very very simple. It was something we used to have. Uh, so many people call for it, and it's just one of them. I kind of think. Would I use it? I kind of think I would. I liked it. If it's there, to have the option. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think it is good. That would be a good option. Um, it's very difficult for for players, maybe new players, not to to realize that when you are setting that formation up in the screen, that that is your defensive system without the ball, right? And then your roles and your your PIs that you are adding is more so, especially mainly for that attacking side. But yeah, I think. That clear cut. A lot of people have asked for the arrows back. I mean, let's go miles back in that, in time. But um, one thing that did come up, Matt, that was quite interesting um, was I'm just trying to scroll it. So if you want to jump to Mad, oh, there we go. We haven't really spoke much about it. Is is set pieces uh, was raised quite a lot, and the fact that no, not for Dave. We don't want to watch them. But um, maybe like scout reports to to kind of initiate the weak links in a set piece. So, for example, you're going to get one on United. Martinez is five foot four, so you know put your your big guy on him. And also, what you can do on set pieces uh, instead of just marking the tall player, get your centre backs to mark the striker and etc. Or the guy that's got good heading, um, and maybe look at different ways, um, different metrics to measure these players rather than just their height. Um, Maybe you can get your defender that's tall, strong, and jumping reach is good to mark the guy that can head the best because your scout. I think it needs and is, in ju- is due an over a slight overhaul the whole set piece thing. I think we've probably uh, and keep me honest here, lads. It's probably been a little while since it was had any kind of form of proper makeover. We've talked about it for a couple of seasons, I think, and I see a lot on Twitter. So yeah, I'd be on board with that. I'm fully with it. Having an update, but I already think it's something that's fucking OP as fucking. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem. With that fire, you can yeah. always, if you have the right match of corner taker and you know tall bastard with good heading and jumping reach, you're going to score goals from from corners. I think they're just the, it's the variation because I think you still get people playing near post headers if they are OP, but if you could start setting up where you want players to be and where what would be nice is maybe where they start and where they plan to be when the ball's delivered. So if you said like, you know, once the ball's taken, you've got someone attacking the far post, but they actually, they're kind of, they're running in late to try and pick up a second ball or something like that. So it's just a slight variation. I don't think it needs an overhaul, just more control of where you put your players. I think maybe uh, something else referenced um, was set piece coaches. Obviously, in the game now, not in the game, but in real life, so we're seeing set pieces more, uh, set piece coaches more. If that staff job role came available, would that then be able to that's, counter? That's going to be in there. It's got to be in there. The AI. Mm. I'm pretty sure that'd be a staff role this year. It seems to be. Because, you know, United hired one last season and then we didn't actually score Somebody, until the last they, minute. They were talking about throw-in set-piece, like throw-in coaches recently. Somebody, it's, it's not Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. yeah I think there's a few now, but Liverpool, I think Liverpool were the first. Just hire in Rory Delap and absolutely have at it. That's all you need. 
To be fair, if we're going to talk about Liverpool, can we just hire asthmatic players only? And referees. Emoji. Uh, sticking with um, sticking with kind of tactics <laughs> green. I've got one for player and team instructions. And I, I kind of was I was writing this down, and I didn't really know how else to write it other than. But the either make make them listen letters. to it more, make them listen to it more. You know when you set your instructions and <laughs> like, please do some short kickouts, and you see your keeper hoofing it up, or you know short passing, and you're just seeing these random long passes. So it it's an element of that that it doesn't happen the way you like to think you're instructing the players, or you know what's probably more realistic is the ability to re-emphasize it, like a button that's I fucking said keep it short <laughs> when they're hoofing the ball away. You know I just feel like. There's uh, something there when I, I just see that instructions not being followed and it winds me up. Would, would that, again, well, I don't want to go off too much of a tangent when we're talking about wishlist, but could, could be, that not be down be. to your manager's attributes and whether, um, mm, you know, if you have excellent. a low technical or tactical... Some of it comes down to your uh, expectation and, and I think many people's expectations are quite warped. Like one of, I think one of your suggestions, Duke, was about how inverted wingbacks work and like how they operate in game with the expectation that they always cut inside, whereas they don't in game already. Like that, no player does everything all the time. Mm. Like because not just because of traits, but because that's how football works. You, if you watch any match, like there, a there is a particular well, exactly. Like you don't get one player just just doing this one thing and they do it all the time and this kind of links in with what you're saying as well Matt about mm. um, re-emphasising how you're playing the issue is most people probably play on key highlights comprehensive at most and so you're likely only seeing parts of that game and yeah. so you're not seeing everything so I think something like that will become like people will just start spamming it much like they probably do with the, the shouts, shouts now that we yeah, have yeah True, so like, I feel like it would just become an extension of that. Not that I'm sort of criticising your suggestion. No, but it's that's, fair, yeah. Like in terms of like the current landscape and how things currently are, I don't feel like people will forget that they're only seeing parts of a match and not everything play out. And so if you take, like, fair enough, if you're seeing your goalkeeper only getting 25% of his passes when he's supposed to be distributing to the to the centre halves and he's hitting it long every time and he's not under any pressure to to like to do anything else but kick it long then you've got a problem and fair enough you can emphasize it because he's not listening mm. but at the same time like in the same token like if, unless you're noticing that in the stats of the match then i feel like you need to have a like, at least a basis to actually use that as a potential shout yeah because you're only seeing a subset yeah My final one, Matt. I'd VAR like everyone to get their running. bingo cards out and cross it off. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> skip VAR, please. <laughs> like, come on. Or have an option. I don't want to see the highlight. Just tell me if it is or isn't. Like, how long these games, like, if you are playing on key, you're trying to speed through games. If you're happy with your tactic, you're happy with your system, you don't want to change much. Like, majority of the game is just watching these VAR. They're watching the chat run to the wall, or run to the, the, the monitor. It's not interesting. We hate it in real life. Let's, like, let's Skip just scrap, not scrap it, but let's have the option It'd to be nice to actually see, see that, what please. they're seeing as well. Because I think like being able to tidy up the AR as it as it currently is, you basically have to wait for the the ref to either look at the monitor or he's just stood there and you can't see what's going on. And then you see like the lines for offsides after, for example, 
or for the penalty. Uh, like it'd be nice to actually see what they're supposedly looking at or watching. Like so it isn't. So it's like being football. a fan in a stadium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but whereas you're supposed to be a manager and supposed mm-hmm. to actually have a, you know, a view, Your but I guess they equally don't. No, they, they have iPads next to them now, don't they? They see it straight away. Yeah. They see it. Uh, I, I don't know if you see the VAR stuff where the manager goes straight back to the bench and they're all staring at those little monitors. We're talk, talking it's, about... Uh, they're getting it beat. Talking about those monitors. Three o'clock, like, black, black one of the, the other things I would like to see a sort of a return to, because this year it was sort of removed was the ability to look at analysis like mid-game because managers are able to see analysis mid-game. Like they can check, like they're able to check stats. They're able to see, like they're able to see running stats as a bare minimum, like per player and see uh, everything like that in terms of like, because of the the monitors there, they're all strapped Heat with maps now. and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Exactly. So the, the, we, we do have some of that. In, if you go into the tactics screen, if you go click on the analysis tab, it will show you heat maps, but that's pretty much it. Mm. You have to wait until half time for that to be populated. Whereas I don't think that's the case in real life. So it'd be nice to actually, previously you've had all kinds of access to that. Whereas I feel that kind of spoils it for me in terms of making those, making those changes where you feel like you've actually done something, having read something and, and looked at something a, a data-based change where and it's rather than it just being completely anecdotal to what you've actually witnessed and hope you've guessed it right you can actually say like this player has played x number of key passes against me i need to mark him rather than just seeing everything go through him because you if you aren't playing on the right highlight level you may not notice it all the time or if you're trying to knock like cut down on the hockey assists that this particular player is playing against you and everything like that whereas if you miss that situation, you've kind of it feels like guesswork. Whereas I feel like it's a bit more rewarding if you've actually made that decision based on some of the tools that the game used to give you, but now it doesn't. Like it, I've got two very small ones um, and a couple of bits that I'd like in the wish list. Um, <laughs> first one is a player trait, and I, I'm pretty sure it isn't one, but I'd like to be able to add like a tactical fowler like breaks up play, that kind of thing, you know, because it is a big thing now, isn't it? It's a big thing now. Like we'll take a yellow card as a tactical, um, you know, as a tactic, isn't it? It is, it's, or I was thinking about it. I was like, no, because then they'll never put it in against a real player. So it'd be a new gen only trait. But then I thought of someone like Fernandinho, do you think how many times he used to foul in a match, like make small fouls or like, Mm. I think tactical foul would be the, Mm maybe the player trait. And then the other one was just purely for aesthetics. Um, you're away and your third kit colors changing, you know, every couple of seasons, like, because they're obviously they're set unless you go into the editor and adjust them, like they're set from the start, aren't they? So if it just changed the color palette, like if you like getting kits made or you like making kits yourself, just to change it up a little bit. So you haven't got the same colors all the time. It could be an option. That could be an option like each time there's a new sponsorship like or or each season you get an option to change the kit or something like that or as you've said in the past Joe about sort of some of the other things that you get rewarded for in terms of like club culture you can maybe get actually have a say in the kit being changed mm-hmm. or who who knows like you know but there there are a plentitude of options that could be done with that sticking with kind of minor well I wouldn't say minor uh 
updates or changes, but I think we've had this before, or I seem to remember it. With the youth intake, I think it would be nice to have a bit more influence on it, particularly leaning towards positions and roles. Um, as far as I know, there's not much you can do there. Like, it's quite random. Um, but, you know, we talked a lot there about, like, the pipeline and, you know, Joe was talking about backup players and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've talked about recruitment meetings, but I think it'd be nice to, you know, in the youth intake, if you know, like, I think, Joe, you said you had a player aging out to third. Was it Danny Pareo you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like, the ideal scenario is I want I want the new gen Danny Pareo. I want a player that can do this, that, you know, you can lean towards attributes or traits. Um, but but from a youth intake perspective, I think that would be lovely because then you'd like to think that those recruiters, that your scouts or youth recruitment um, are, are looking exclusively for that type of player aged 15. I, I kind of get what you're saying, but mm. you think, I think a lot of youth graduates have probably been with the club from like 10, 11, mm. that kind of age. So I don't think you could kind of go, I want you to get this type of player in when he's not going to be in the, in the first team for another 10, 12 years, potentially. Yeah. So I think it's, it's probably, it would be more realistic to say, Train maybe or in coach. the under-19s, yeah. is I, I want to coach them to be yeah. this type of player. And then that's how, you know, your under-19s coaching team, etc. They If they're looking after their development, that's what they train them to be. I don't think, I don't know. It could be it's something. Like, I think you know. Let's say I, you I, need that. I get, I get what you're. I get what you know? you're saying. But yeah. I think from from a youth intake, I think they're too young and not. You know, you might get the odd one that is really stuck into the position, like because you can retrain a yeah. lot of them when they come through. There, you know, it's not. It isn't set in stone. But I think from the as soon as they go into the youth team, like as they're populated as a player, then your coach is going. This is the player I want him to be. Mm. That's the, that's the kind of thing. I think that's maybe where you could make it happen. Just the downside would more be, realistic. yeah. I think even if you kept kept it simple enough with position. So let's say you're you're really hoping to kind of push through a centre mid, mm. and then your youth intake comes through. You've got three A rated players or four or whatever it is, and it's a striker, a goalkeeper, and a left back. Of course, yeah, you can retrain some people. Um, but that would, you know, that's where I think you could have a little bit more influence on. I want one. I need one of those to be a midfielder. It could take a couple of seasons, but at least yeah. you know there's going somewhere. I think I have seen somebody else talk about this before, and it's. I think it kind of flips it on the head. Is that why are you wasting your time bringing players through that I don't play that system? So like, do doesn't yeah. play wingers a lot of the time. What's the point in having mm. new gen wingers come through when you don't play wingers? So unless you're going to retrain them to be attacking fullbacks or something like that. That's that's another thing. You can kind of maybe have a discard list before they come in. If you get you know, you go, oh, we've got these players. Well, don't waste your time with XYZ because I'm not going to use them. So mm. shuffle them off out or release them early. I, I only want a striker, a midfielder. Like that's yeah. all I'm going to need. I don't need to have other positions. So maybe maybe that Preference. as an opposition. Yeah. yeah. Any more for any more? Wonderful. Well, I'm all good. that's been enlightening, and we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we won't have to wait too long to see whether any of these actually make it into uh, to FM23. Obviously, all of the decisions, assuming FM23 is going to be a thing, will have already been made long ago. So this is kind of redundant, really. But nevertheless, 
Uh, all in favour of getting mad to put all of these on the forum? Which forum is Aye. that now? Aye. <laughs> the feature request forum, son. <laughs> and it won't you, you, want you can listen back. Way. You can write them all down and put them on the feature request. Don't worry, mate, because I just... I did that with the with the Wonder Kid Hall of Fame from four years Matt, ago. Don't worry, that, mate. That nearly broke me. But uh, I'll think about it, Joe. Matt, don't worry, because all of my suggestions just come from the whiteboard I saw when <laughs> we were at SI, so don't panic. <laughs> I'm going to look like okay, a fucking... I am Jose I, Mourinho. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was I'm just a door you lying. stole, but I didn't realise you took a whiteboard as well. <laughs> Fair play. Anyway, that does Yowzers. bring episode 265 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all of our latest Football Manager content. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week where we will be having another special guest making his Five Star Potential debut. So check that out next week to see who we've got on the pod. Anyway, say goodbye, folks. Adios. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks.